This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs this is bonus episode 363 i'm your host duncan mcleish welcome to the show up on this bonus episode well that interview that i wanted to get done to do that movie review that i'm really excited to do has been delayed um the the kind of available time slot has fizzled out and we are in the process of trying to make it happen so if it doesn't happen then next week you'll just get the movie review with no interview so with all that in mind at the last minute i uh, put out a, a call to arms on the social medias on the facebook's and the discord channel and said listen you have the opportunity to do a little ama that's right ask me anything and we will do it on this episode so we're not going to get into the what's coming up during this week where to check out the show and all the rest this entire episode here without breaks is dedicated to answering your questions and by god did we get a lot of them so let's get to your questions we'll start by looking at the facebook's first question from lacey lou she says, what is the most horrific scene to you in a movie that is not a horror film? So, yeah, this was one of the, I think this was the first question that came in. And I've been kind of racking my brains on this one. I don't necessarily think that Requiem for a Dream is a horror movie. So, you don't, you can release that breath that you were holding in there kind of being like, oh, is he going to say it? No, I don't think it's a horror movie. I do think it is a profoundly disturbing movie. And I think the the kind of degradation of the female character at the end of that movie is one of those scenes that when you kind of see it, you're just kind of left numb. It, and that movie really affects me in quite a lot of ways which are not pleasant. And... Just, just the way it ends is, is pretty horrific for everyone. Specifically that scene. That scene always gets me more than, you know, the old woman getting zapped. Or, or him ending up with his arm chopped. All those things that happen are not to me as disturbing as, as that scene. It kind of sticks with me afterwards. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. There are plenty of other ones which have, have scenes of proper horror. But that one to me is just... It, it haunted me the first time I saw it for weeks after so that's what I'm going to go with that Requiem for a Dream and uh, the outcome of the female character at the end if you've seen the movie you know what what I mean if you haven't seen the movie uh, make sure it's on a bad day that you watch it don't do it like on a happy Sunday or anything so there we go next question I'm going to take a sip because this is pertinent Mm, it's a tasty beverage um because dan chase has asked the question is he says what's my favorite kind of booze um i am a big whiskey drinker now i never used to be when i was younger 
Um, I favoured kind of Amer- American bourbon whisky over Scottish whisky. I know that is sacrilege to say that when you're Scottish, but I my back when I was a kid, like at family parties and whatnot, my granddad who was very much into whisky would would let me try the whiskies that he had. You would get like a, a small nip of something, and my granddad was a a big big old fan of Laphroaig and Laphroaig is a very heavily peated whisky and has this very strong almost antiseptic kind of TCP taste to it I personally don't find it pleasant Uh, but he loved it he loved it so I always associated that with the taste of whisky so the American stuff tended to be a bit sweeter and I got into that and then over time my tastes have matured. I am now very much uh, a kind of oily whiskey drinker. Uh, my favourite is the Lagavulin. I love Lagavulin, but other other ones from around that area, I enjoy like Bunahaben and Jura and and you know like um, Arbeg and stuff, which are are peated whiskies. Interestingly enough, this must be the most boring conversation if you're listening to a horror podcast. Um, but you know, are, are peated, but they're not like so heavily peated that it it feels like you're drinking ash. So yeah, that's my favourite, and it's taken me many years to get into that. To be honest with you, and not to come across as any sort of alcoholic, there are very few alcohols that I don't like, Dan. Uh, I've a fairly eclectic palate when it comes to booze. Uh, next question comes in from Dave Z. He says, "Who is on my Mount Rushmore of horror podcast hosts?" Uh, he asked quite a few actually. He says, "What's your biggest regret in all of your catalogue of podcasts?" Will next year's summer series be eleven movies per show, going by what you've alluded to already? Um, and what is not necessarily my favourite, but if I had to go to a desert island and could only bring one horror franchise, what would it be? So let's start at the top. Uh, who's on my Mount Rushmore of horror podcast hosts? So, I'd, like, this shows my complete ignorance. I think Mount Rushmore has four heads on it, right? I'm assuming. It's either four or five. So let's see four for ease. Um... I probably the original ones that got me into to podcasting, if I'm honest. Um, I think the like the, like a Bo Ransdell is always going to be in there. One of my great joys in, in podcasting is that I listened to Bo for for months and months, and then I ended up having a show with him, which is what seven years old now, and like over a hundred episodes deep of nonsense. But I think Bo is just a naturally gifted podcaster. He's very. He, I, I like the approach he takes towards his reviews of movies because I think he always does really approach it from a narrative point of view, which makes sense because he's a screenwriter. So that works for me. You can't have a Mount Rushmore without Jamie. Jamie J. Sammons is the person that inspired me to do a horror podcast like way back at the beginning. A few people speak as passionately about horror movies as Jamie does and that's been consistent in the whole time that I've been listening to stuff that she did and working with her myself through various different um, series and episodes and whatnot. She's been on more episodes than any other host 
on podcast under the stairs, and that's the reason why. Uh, I think she is one of the more important unsung heroes of the horror podcast scene. Um, I would see Alex Edwards from the Skeleton Crew definitely is in there. Uh, Alex was the guy that gave me the kind of indication that if you spend a bit of time on your production and on your format, people will come back and dig your show. So I have kind of, I consistently looked at him as a huge inspiration. Once again, got the opportunity to record a couple of times with him. And he is, he's one of those guys that makes it feel kind of effortless. So I would put him on there for sure. And that leaves one more spot. And I'm going to go away from the people that I listened to then to a voice that I feel that I kind of gravitate towards more now. Um, and that would be um, Elric Kane, who now does, is it, well, he does pure cinema, but he does all the colours of, of the dark um, podcast with uh, Rebecca McKendry. Now he's been on loads, he was on Killer POV, he was on the Now Defunct Shockwaves podcast, but um, he's, he's a really he's a really knowledgeable motherfucker, <laughs> like he says, his trivia knowledge is kind of great, and I've found him, especially when it comes to ref- referencing giallos and obscure European horror, he's the guy that I tend to like listen to what he's watching because if he loves it there's a very good chance that I'm going to dig it as well it's also maybe the, the first podcaster that I heard talk about the movie Possession which was a video nasty that I'd seen before and like no one had spoken about uh, and he was kind of like a big advocate for it now there if there was a mini Rushmore underneath that with more I mean, there's going to be loads of people that are regulars on the show. If you've been on the show more than once, it's because I like the way you do things. Davesy's definitely in there. Davesy's an absolute fucking workhorse. Um, him and Matt Wazell back doing Banana Laser back in the day, like, set such a ridiculous high. Like, I, I, it's almost to the point now that the reason Podcast Under the Stairs has never done the Saw franchise in any way, shape or form, is Banana Laser's run on the Saw franchise is maybe my favourite retro ever done by a podcast. So um, so Dave's definitely in there as well. But there's a ton of new blood. And when I say new blood, I mean podcasts in the last five years and onwards that are up doing amazing stuff. So yeah, I mean, like so many podcasters out there. But if I was doing my, my kind of top four voices that are maybe not my... Maybe not the ones that I listen to all the time nowadays, but were certainly influential to me doing what I do. Like I say, Elric, Kane, uh, Jamie J. Sammons, Alex Edwards and Bo Ransdell are probably my top four. Uh, Your next question. uh, What's my biggest regret in all of my catalogue of podcasts? Um, I don't know if... I don't know if I have a regret. The second year that we did Podcast Under the Stairs, I had this really huge idea that we were going to theme it. And the theme was going to be that I'd been replaced by something from from another dimension, very Twilight Zone-esque. And Baz was going to play off this. 
and we were going to run it for a year and then bring me back. And on paper, it sounded really easy. I was listening to a lot of radio dramas at the time. So on paper, I thought this is going to be piss easy. Um, if you go back and listen to that second year, the, the building blocks are there. I just hadn't thought it through. It works so much better when it's not a movie review podcast. So I think there's a couple of things we did in there and ideas that we set up in the second year that never came to fruition. So that's maybe my biggest regret. In terms of my positions on on movies, some of them have changed. Most of them have stayed the same. I enjoy the format. There's a couple of things I've kicked off that have never went the way I wanted them to, but I kept them in there and look back at them as you have to try to keep reinventing what you're doing otherwise if it becomes stale to you then chances are the listeners have already checked out so your next question is will next year's summer series be 11 movies per show by what you've alluded to already it'll be 10 because the third pick from this year will not count what we will probably do is we will give those three movies from this year for each year down to the hosts on that episode to basically poll to see what the top two are. That makes sense. So the plan is to have 10 per episode. Uh, Your next question, not necessarily your favourite, but if you had to go to a desert island and could take one horror franchise with you, what would it be? Friday the 13th. It's always going to be Friday the 13th. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Jason Voorhees is my favourite. And I genuinely love those movies. Even the bad ones I could sit and watch without much arm twisting. Um, I've watched them so many times and I've never got bored of them. So that would be my franchise. Ian Dunsmore asks, If you had one chance to meet the witch in person over in sunny Melbourne, what would be the first thing you would do? I would call my cunt, Ian, and then we would get a beer. So, there we go. Uh, (laughs) Um... Ben Chadwick says, pick one alternative universe. Friday the 13th movies go with Tommy Jarvis after Friday the 13th Part 5, or Halloween goes with the anthology series after Part 3. It's a really cool question. Um, I love Friday the 13th Part 5. I unabashedly love it. The problem is we kill off the fake Jason hashtag Roy's my boy um, we kill him off at the end of that one so if we were following that through unless Jason was going to be some other person pretending to be Jason every movie I can't see the franchise sticking with that if you know what I mean I, I can't see that working in that universe um, whereas Halloween a franchise overall that I don't have much love for at all part 3 is one of those ones that really show the potential of what could be done without the Michael Myers character and 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 doing the anthology setting. So I would much rather have, even though Friday the 13th is my favourite franchise, I would much rather have a ton of movies in a similar vein to Halloween 3 than I would a ton of movies in the vein of Halloween 5. So hopefully that answers your question. 
Ian Dunsmore says, what is the longest recording session you've ever done for a T-Putts episode and how long was it? Um, I have joked with him that you'll hear it on Monday. You will all hear it on Monday. It drops as part of the summer series. It's the 2012 episode and the entire recording all together will come out. A, it's going to be about a shade under seven and a half hours. Uh, the recording itself was six hours and 45 minutes on that day for recording. It did not feel that when we were in there, but that's how long that single recording sitting was. A couple of the round tables have come close to that, but when you take into account that on those round table episodes we cover a hundred movies and then I read out a list and then we go around and speak to everyone. Um, the fact that it took us almost seven hours to chat about 12 movies is fucking insane so that one will be dropping on monday 2012 as part of the summer series next question is from neo lip don't know how to pronounce your surname i want to say lemoy neil lemoy maybe i apologize if i've got that wrong neil um you see when will they make a new highlander movie with the mcleish clan instead of the mcleods and would you be the one? I love Highlander and I'm I am so worried about this like potential reboot because I just don't think they'll get it right. That that movie is a bit of lightning in a bottle and I don't know if they'll ever do it right. I think that some of the casting news that's come out in the past has made me think mm, I don't think you've seen Highlander or you understand its charm. Its charm is is in all the things that it, it shouldn't work that do work in it. Um, but yeah, if I was the Highlander, I'd be the only one, of course. I'd be the one at the end. Chopping cunts' heads off left and right. Uh, Tom Brooker says, If Arrow could put out a special 4K edition of any movie, what would you want it to be? Interestingly enough, um, it's Second Sight that's doing it, of all, of all places. Um, I think Memory Serves either Second Sight or it's, it's Studio Canal. The Hitcher is the movie that I want on a special 4K UHD collector's edition set. Arrow have been trying for years to get it. They've never got it, but it's been announced that The Hitcher will be coming out on 4K. Um, I think it's next year, and I want to say it's Second Sight that, that are putting it out. So with that one taken out of the out of the equation, what other movie would I want a kind of 4K special edition with all the bells and whistles for? Um, so it's a good one because I think of the movies that I still want to see on Blu-ray that have never come out or never come out from Arrow they've never had the Arrow treatment I think where to go with this one I think see if Arrow could I don't think they ever would be able to but I think if they could put out a Three Mothers box set I think that would be the most amazing thing ever so we get some Suspiria in there, we get some Inferno in there, and we get some uh, Mother of Tears in there. And this massive collector's box set, I think that would that would destroy my fragile little brain. So if they could do it, that'd be amazing. Dan Chase asks, why haven't you had me on the Metal Epidemic podcast? Um, it's not my podcast, Dan, and I know that it will happen one day. Uh, Dan Chase says, are you looking forward to the new Adams Family and Munsters adaptations? Um, I'm looking forward to the new Adams Family because I think enough time has passed from the movies 
that that could be a lot of fun. I enjoyed the recent cartoon. Me and the, the kid went to see it and it was a lot of fun. Um, in terms of the monster adaptation, I don't know if I'm cooling on it now. Like, initially when it was announced that Rob Zombie was doing it, I thought it was the worst fucking idea in the history of ideas. But he's posted a lot of his his design work and he seems to be going authentic. My problem with Rob Zombie is he's writing, it's not he's directing. As long as he's not writing the script, I think there's potential for a, a cool movie in there. And I think it'll be the one that showcase off actually how good a director he is. I think if he's involved with the script, it's going to be shit. So, Adam's Family, probably looking forward to it a bit more. The cast that have been announced for that is insane. But The Monsters has the potential to be better if Rob Zombie isn't writing the script. Mike Merriman says, As one of the longest-running horror podcasts still going... Have you ever thought about retiring the Teapot's Empire and starting something brand new from scratch? If not, are there any other shows that you're looking to add under the Teapot's umbrella? Um, Podcast Under the Stairs isn't supposed to be as old as it is. I've spoken about this a few times. The original plan was to kind of get to 100 episodes. Then it was to get to, you know, a couple of years, maybe three year mark, and then do something else. And it's kept going primarily because you guys keep listening to it. The community's great. And I, I don't have to do much because it's my show. I do all the editing, I do all the recording. And primarily a lot of it is just me doing all this stuff. So I'm not necessarily having to scour for guests or whatnot. So let me wet my whistle. Oh, that's good whiskey. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think there's, realistically, Podcast Under The Stairs could continue as long as people still enjoy what I'm doing. But in time, I can see it probably stopping. If it did stop, I don't know if I'd give up podcasting. Overall, I'd have a lot of fun doing it. And it allows me to chat to a lot of people that I enjoy chatting to. So, I don't know. I don't know. There there are certain series that I do that have a finite amount of time that they can run. I think Where to Begin With realistically won't get past a season five. I think Chronicle probably won't get past a season five. And that it's the one that I really want to spend the most time on, but don't have the time to do it. Uh, Opera Omnia technically could run forever. There'll never be a shortage of directors or people I can get on to chat about directors. Uh, Doing the Nasty will finish in 2022, I think is when we worked that out. Maybe the beginning of 2023 when we finish the Tier 3 movies on the Nasty list. So it'll finish then and it'll be retired at that point. I don't know if I'm actively looking for something else under the kind of Teapot's banner. Jaws is shite. Is the first kind of is the first thing we've done under you know under that kind of extension out from horror, so Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts as myself the Baz and Scott Liam from Scott Liam versus Evil, uh, as a kind of entertainment banter podcast and it's a ton of fun to do. That I don't know if I want to extend beyond that if I'm honest at the moment. Like I said before, the day people no longer want to listen to the podcast under the stairs is probably the day I'll finish doing it. Or the day that it's just no longer fun. So, um, and I don't know, like, at this stage, 
I mean, Dave Z's been podcasting as long as I have. Mike, you've been podcasting longer than I have. It's just that the shows that you were on when I started kind of stopped and then you've started other things. So it's, it's maybe the one of the more longest running shows consistently running. I think, the, I dare say, and it's not a competition, I have the most episodes. I would love to find a horror podcast that has a thousand episodes. Um, I think I might hold that record. I think I might be that guy because by the end of this year I'll have a thousand episodes of Teapots. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you guys have been doing it as long as I have. So, uh, Michael McCloskey says, Any true crime novels... Or shows you've seen recently and thought someone should make a horror film out of this while watching or reading them. Interestingly enough, I uh, just shoved a pre-order in for a, a kind of graphic novel that was mentioned on the last podcast on the left. Um, that from their description sounds like it would be a fucking great movie if they decided to do it. So I'm going to give it a shout out here because I believe in doing stuff like that. Because uh, I pre-ordered it. It's supposed to be coming in end of the month. Uh, did you hear what Eddie Gein done? Um, it's, uh, it's a graphic novel by Eric Pill, who I believe does all the illustrations. And it's um, the stories by Harold Schechter who is the guy that wrote the definitive book on Ed Gein. So, and uh, here's a description, listen to this. One of the greats in the field of true crime literature, Harold Schechter of Deviant, The Serial Killer Files and Hell's Princess, teams up with five-time Eisner-winning graphic novelist Eric Powell of The Goon, Big Man Plants and Hillbilly to take you on a tale of one of the most notorious deranged serial killers in American history, Ed Gein. Did you hear what Eddie Gein done as an in-depth exploration of the, the Gein family and what led to the creation of the Nick Fell who haunted the dreams of 1950s America and inspired such films as Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Silence of the Lambs? Painstakingly researched and illustrated Schechter and Powell's true crime graphic novel takes the Gein story out of the realms of exp exploitation and gives the reader a fact-based dramatisation of these tragic psychotic and heartbreaking events because in this case the truth needs no embellishment to be horrifying so that i've got that on pre-order i would say just from that description do that do that shit um that is what i want to hear please give me that please 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 so um yeah that's that's what i would like to see um, <laughs> you sent me a YouTube link uh, for for a bonus question. Is Glasgow full of specky bams? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. I've got Glaswegian listeners and I don't want to die horribly with a glass in my face. Uh, Doug Tilly says, why? Just why? Doug, you know why and you know what you did and as a result, Kill List didn't make it through, you son of a bitch. Um, Chris Western says... When are you forming a teapots band? Full keytar, the lot. My days have been in a band are long gone. Uh, but if you are one of the people that knows how to use YouTube, there's plenty of footage of me up there playing a keytar. So, mm. there we go. Um, ooh. Peter says best film novelization ever. And I've just finished it, and I absolutely love it. But I think I don't do a lot. Of, I don't do them 
like retrospectively so I don't like movie novelizations. I tend to like the books first or the books that are independent of the movie because I always feel that if they're done the other way there's something a bit stunted about them but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino the novelization of the movie is kind of fucking amazing and a high recommend for me. Peter says if you had to change the name of the show uh, what would it be and why? Uh, so we had loads, loads of ideas before we settled on a podcast under the stairs. Um, there was oh, like like House of a Thousand podcasts, you know, like t- t- tons of stuff like that. You know, the, the the podcast Chainsaw Massacre, like all based on horror movies just in general, which we you know we thought we were being really clever and really punny. And I've told this story before as well. I was bouncing them backwards and forwards off Jamie, uh, Jamie J. Salmons. And eventually I was like, Podcast Under the Stairs. And she was like, that's a great name, but it has to be The Podcast Under the Stairs, not just Podcast Under the Stairs. I had already kind of registered the name as Podcast Under the Stairs on iTunes and whatnot by the time she'd come back. So it's why it's Podcast Under the Stairs on iTunes and it's teapots everywhere else. So... There you go. I don't know if I have a, a one more than that. I've just, to me, I've been doing it for so long now, like eight years this month. We've been a, we've, we've been a podcast. So I just always think to myself, podcast under the stairs. Um, Peter says, can you review Dead Man's Curve or AKA the Curve from 1998 on Teapots? Peter, I will do that for you. Um, I'll maybe try and see if I can get that in before the month is out. Uh, I don't know that movie, so... I'd be interested to check it out. And the last question from the Facebook page is from Eric Bloor, who says, how do you find the time to put out so much content? So I get this a lot, um, where people will say that, busiest man or like hardest working pod. I'm not really. I probably put in as much time as everyone else. Most of it's me though. Like, so I'm recording myself. I do very little edits. I'm kind of comfortable with pauses in my podcasts. I think it makes it sound more natural. I don't nearly edit myself as much as I did in the past, like taking out M's and like kind of dead air because I don't think that necessarily matters to a listener. I think the listener wants to get a, a better representation of who you are. When I first started off, I used to take out every break that was over like one second and I used to every time I had to pause to think of something or say M and that took a lot longer I think when you remove that editing becomes quicker also when you're recording yourself as long as you have an idea of what you're wanting to say I've never had an issue talking like that's like surprise surprise a thousand episodes never had an issue talking I am quite comfortable off the cuff speaking about things so the edit process is quick. So the record time is never that bad. The editing time is never that bad. So I probably comfortably can record two to three episodes in the time it takes other podcasts to do one episode. I also don't sleep that much. I have kind of really bad insomnia that I've had since I was about 18. Um, and that aids me as well so when the family's all asleep and I have some quiet dim time I can usually be found to edit in a podcast and recording something 
And yeah, I think that's probably it. I don't know if I necessarily find the time to do it out with I am afforded the time. I'll work from home. Um, I like my family are people that need sleep, so they're usually in their beds before ten o'clock. And then I have several hours before I would think about trying to retire to my bed where I can fill that time by doing podcast stuff. So hopefully that's answered your question. I will say this, I feel like I podcast less nowadays, but my content is about the same volume. So I don't know if that even remotely makes sense, but there you go. Uh, let's switch over to the Discord. So Podcast Under the Stairs is on Discord. The Teapots Collective is out there. You'll find the link in the description for the show. Please join up. Uh, Jamie McCauley's been the one that's been pushing that. We've had a Discord for, I want to say since the beginning of the year, maybe the end of last year. And I kind of set up, posted some links around, there was no activity on it, and I was like, fine, I, I, I don't have the time to promote that sort of stuff. Uh, so he's taken it upon himself, and it's been a lot more fun, especially with the summer series. So we've got some questions over there on the Teapots thread. First one is from Dern, who says, Movie or movies that doomed or redeemed themselves within the last 10 minutes. I mean, that's a good... I mean, the obvious ones you could go with is like a... You pick like a Shyamalan movie and easily throw that in there. The Happening is one of those experiences where I was kind of enjoying it and then the last 10 minutes soured it so much for me that I fucking hated it. Um, so that'd be an example of of kind of one way. The other way might be something like The Borderlands, which the first time I watched it, that's The Borderlands or Final Prayer, I think is what it's called in the States, where I thought it was just a run-of-the-mill found footage movie that didn't do anything truly remarkable. And then the last 10 minutes of that movie left my fucking jaw on the floor. So I think that's a great example of the of the other way. And there are movies... I'm not the... The movie has to have really the worst ending in the world for me to, like, arbitrarily condemn it to the pits of, of hell. I'm not like that, you know what I mean? Um, if the movie's mediocre and the ending's rubbish, then you've done yourself no favours with me. And if the movie's mediocre and the ending is incredible, I'll appreciate the ending, but I'm not going to say the movie's been redeemed. So it kind of has to have substance there one way or another before that ending kicks in to really have an impact to whether I think the movie's been ruined or, or kind of redeemed, so to speak. Uh, next question is from Paul, aka The Devil Horns. He says, throughout the history of the summer series, what movies have left you gobsmacked that a guest host selected? Um, we spoke about this before, The Crow in the 90s run. Andy Blockley picked The Crow. Uh, I love Andy Blockley to bits, but to me, there was no question that movie should have ever been in a list of horror movies. So that kind of confused me. There's a similar one this year. Um, we chat about the guest on the 2014 episode. And I am I was adamant before we started recording that the guest is not a horror movie at all. And you will hear that conversation on the 2014 episode. I think it's the other way around. I think there are movies that haven't made the list at all that in hindsight we fucked up on. And probably the biggest one, and it's one that's mentioned a lot, is Tremors. Tremors should have been on the 1990 episode. The fact that Tremors isn't on the 1990 episode, arguably the best creature feature of that decade, is a blight on the summer series, for sure. So there you go. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Jim says, without giving spoilers, has anyone on this year's summer series watched a film with the same title that they were supposed to watch instead of the right film? So Jim's making reference to the last couple of years there has been at least one host who has watched a movie which has a kind of common name to another movie that's out there and got a bit confused about it. The greatest one was once again Andy Blockley who watched the Russian vampire kind of Matrix ripoff uh, called Nightwatch instead of the 1995-96 Danish dark thriller of the same name. So there has not been one of these this year, although Jamie McCauley did come back and advise us that he did watch the wrong movie for a year. And he's on the People's Council. So there we go. Uh, Right, Uh, what else do we have? We have another one from Jim who says, Any films you're particularly looking forward to for the rest of the year? Candyman's probably the big one for me. Um, One Night in Soho also looks kind of amazing. Looking forward to that. The new the new Neil Blomkamp movie, uh, Demonic, looks kind of cool. Kind of interested in that. Uh, those are probably the big ones, if I'm honest. Like to me, Candyman's the one I'm like most excited for because I think that's a movie that's primed for a remake. And everything I've heard about it thus far since kind of amazing. So. I think that's got the potential to be amazing or absolutely awful and we'll see how that lands. Jamie McCauley, he's the last one, he says, since the Q&A is being done in place of a director's interview, if you had the chance to interview any director of your choosing but could only discuss one film, who and which would the movie be? So if I could only chat to one director about one movie they did, who would it be and why? I thought about this. There is a ton of directors from a horror perspective that I would love to pick their brains of, but I know how a lot of them talk about certain movies and I've heard commentaries from these directors and read interviews. I would actually, I would love to chat to Brian De Palma about Blowout. I think Blowout's my favourite De Palma movie. I also think it's a fucking incredible movie. And there are so many stylistic choices and so many casting choices in that movie that picking his brain about that movie would would tickle my asshole pink. So, um, yeah, if I had the chance, it would be Brian De Palma and it would be on the movie Blowout. So there you go. And that is all your questions. Thanks very much for submitting them in for this Ask Me Anything podcast under the stairs bonus episode we will do another one of these again probably when my plans fall through for some reason but i had a lot of fun thank you very much for the questions loads this time more than we usually get in a kind of ask teapot segment so thank you very much for that i'm going to save you all the fufara at the end of this episode and because it's a kind of i'm enjoying my time episode i'm going to fling in some music at the end Suffice to say, what I'm saying to you is, ladies and gents, whatever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs, and I am signing off.
Distraction from the love you 